When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow. Mixed with tequila and wine on an empty stomach. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? Thank you so, so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland, the podcast that proves that life is a lot of work with little in return. I'm Rudy Povich. Find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, every day, 9.45 a.m. on Instagram. Uh, merchandise, first and foremost, get it right now, rudypovich.com. I was out taking a walk this morning. It's cold. It'd be nice to have a long walk to Cleveland beanie on that skull, wouldn't it? Well, we got him. You can get him now at rudypovich.com. Also, October 22nd, the Hog's Breath in Roseville, Minnesota. Uh, I'll be up on stage with my buddy Andrew Whiteliner. Whiteliner. White. Damn it, I always screw his last name up. Anyways, very funny guy from Minneapolis. And uh, my good buddy Tommy Thompson, who is uh, one of these comedians, man. When that dude gets on stage, crushes. Absolutely crushes. Every time. So, uh, good dude. Uh, I'll give you guys some more details about that. Uh, Yesterday on the show, we were chatting for a little bit. And not that I want to make everything sports-centric. But we were talking the other day about uh, the Green Bay Packers. And about how on Monday Night Football, A.A. Ron, Aaron Jones, had uh, gone out on the field. His father had passed away in April from complications of covid and he had a necklace that was made with his either of his dad's ashes or in inside of the small black football, there is his dad's ashes. Because I'm looking at the football and I'm like, is that is that how many how much ashes could you put inside that thing? Because it is tiny. So I don't know if maybe they took the ashes and like made it into like a small metal pendant and then they put it out. But either way. Uh, I We talked about this yesterday on the show because Aaron was in the end zone. Four touchdowns in one game. Dude, if that guy was on your fantasy team, you were lighting it up. So he is, uh, he realizes that at some point the necklace, the black football falls off. And imagine Lambeau Field is huge. Imagine, he's like, I think I know it's in the vicinity. I think it was in the end zone. It was after one of my touchdowns. 1.45 in the morning. One of the Packers trainers goes out there, starts looking around, and won't you be damned, the guy finds it. Don't you? I mean, you owe that guy, you owe that guy at least a steak dinner. I mean, I would say probably a new Tesla, but steak dinner at least, right? You you make a few bucks. You could give it to him. 1.45 in the morning. First off, I want to know, I think the NFL needs to start putting some stipulations as to how long these guys, that game ended at, well, let's see, actually Monday night. So game was done. I was in bed by 10. So, okay. All right. So, okay. So maybe it was about two, three hours afterwards. You figure by the time you start packing up tape, getting out the door, all the players are trying to leave. That's about that time, right? You're probably looking at around, around 1.30 in the morning. So yeah, 1.45 a.m. They go out there. They find the damn thing. Could you imagine? There's one guy that I always think of in an instance like this 
and that is my buddy Oopty. Oopty hops onto the Instagram live feed every now and again. And uh, he's one of these guys that is like kamikaze. You know when you used to watch Steve Irwin, the, the crocodile hunter? He used to watch that guy and he'd be like, fuck man, that guy is, that guy is bonkers. He'd be climbing trees and grabbing snakes and wrestling crocodiles. He'd be like, hey, she a beauty. He'd be like, no, she's fucking scary as shit. What are you doing grabbing that crocodile by the mouth? But Hoopty is, a, is much like that. Hoopty is very much so that guy who's like, hey man, you just tell him, you're like, uh, hey man, I got a frisbee stuck in a tree. And Hoopty does not grab a football and try to knock it out of the tree. He fucking scurries up the tree. Goes all the way to the top. That's why I love that, dude. Steve, I know it is sentimental, but I don't get why these players wear jewelry on the field in a sport where it's literally someone's job to drive you into the ground and physically assault you. They make you tuck your jersey in. They make you wear certain socks. You have to wear certain shoes. Why are you allowed to... I guess it's like... I suppose they think of it as hair. Because technically, guys, back in the day, like Troy Palomalu, who had hair down to his ass, there is a world-famous tackle of Troy Palomalu, where somebody grabs Troy by the hair and drags him to the ground. And there's no penalties called. It's part of the uniform. So I suppose if you got enough dough and you don't mind going out there on the field with something that costs you $20,000, if somebody gets a pinky finger caught inside of it and rips that damn thing off your neck, that's on you. So it does feel, I know if to us, we're just like, my God, why would we ever wear something like that? I mean, that's a year, that's somebody's yearly salary hanging around that dude's neck. And yet, you know, they just totally allow it. But like I said, it's it's on them. You want to have hair that, you know, you want some dreadlocks that go down, to, you know, past your knees? All right. But if you're running down the field full sprint and a dude reaches a hand out and grabs a handful of dreads and pulls you to the ground, that's on you. All these white dudes go with that, with their long ass hair nowadays. Aaron Rodgers. So if somebody goes like, King Kong Bundy style and grabs you by the back of the head and drags you to the ground by, dude, that's on you, buddy. That's 1000% on you. So I'm totally fine with it, but I, I was, I was amazed by this story and I was thinking about, um, hoop deep. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is let me read this real quick. Lynn, but when they're in college or high school, even they weren't allowed to wear any of that stuff. So why is it okay? in the pros so stupid. Maybe it's because they're being paid. College and college and high school, not so much. You don't make any money there. But maybe they, I suppose they they figure like, you know, maybe it's you guys are sort of like, I know we're here, but you're a contract employee. I don't know. I don't know what their stipulations would be, but listen, I'm fine with it. If you want to wear that stuff out on the field, you let it rip, my friend. It, I mean, it, it's you. It's on you. You lose the pendant that has your dad's ashes in it. That should be on you. Why wasn't Aaron Jones out on the field looking at that thing at 1.45 in the morning, you know? But I'm glad they found it. I do like stories like that. And the reason why I bring it up is because uh, Hoopty, as I was talking about earlier, we were up at uh, Side Lake, Minnesota. It was during the summertime. And I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but I was in a McDonald's. Picture that. Me sitting in a fast food joint. Doesn't happen very often. But it was uh, it was summertime, and it was... Right after my, actually, it was right before my high school graduation. And while I'm sitting in this McDonald's, having a bite to eat with a couple buddies of mine, woman comes walking in. She looks at me and she goes, I'm, 
I'm sorry. Um, is your last name Povich? It's like, it is. She goes, you're not going to believe this. I'm here because uh, your dad sent me. And I'm like, what sort of futuristic Terminator bullshit are you talking about, lady? I've never met you in my life. And she goes, uh, I just went and saw your dad. At the time, he was in jail. And she said, uh, I, I, w- I just went and saw your dad. Uh, he's down at the Northeast Regional Correctional Facility. NERC, as it was so lovely put. Uh, Lynn, you and McDonald's, were you sick or mentally not all there? Yeah, no, I don't. Listen, I was like 17. I was there because my buddies went. You know, like I... Even at 41, man, I did not like fast food all that much. Because I always just thought, like, first off, when you're 17, you're broke all the time. And I didn't, I don't know, I just, I felt dirty after eating it. You know, that sick feeling? I've just always felt that way. But anyway, I digress. We are in this McDonald's. Lady comes up, says, uh, your dad sent me. So he knows that you are graduating this year. And it was like two, three weeks before my high school graduation. She said, I was just down at NERC and I saw him and he had asked me if I would give you this. And she pulls out on her keychain, she pulls out a ring. And it's this like metally kind of aluminum. You know, it was definitely like something that like you would make if you were a dude who made jewelry and then went to like an art fair and then sold your wares, right? Steve, we didn't have many choices in hibbing. McDonald's or Hardee's. Yeah, you're right, man. That was it. Or Country Kitchen till two o'clock in the morning drinking coffee. Because that's all we had. So she pulls out this ring and she says, your dad made this for you. Uh, He wanted to say congratulations on graduating. And I thought about it for a moment and I'm like, all right, well, listen, I know that this guy doesn't have the wherewithal to be able to pull this off on his own. So I did. I I remember like looking up NERC. And uh turns out, yeah, they got like uh, some metal shop classes you can take there. So I'm like, well, this is what happened. He probably made the damn thing. And then somebody had dropped him a line like, by the way, your son's graduating in, you know, three weeks. So when this gal shows up, he gives her the ring and says, can you give this to my kid? If you happen to see him, here's a picture of him. She came to Hibbing with the intentions of trying to find me. Had no idea. Didn't have a phone number. Didn't have anything. Walked into a McDonald's to grab a bite to eat. And there I was. I was like, well, I'm, God damn, I made this easy for you. But she, so she gives me this ring. And I didn't really know what to do with it. I was like, well, this is kind of whatever, dude. Like, thanks, I guess. Like, I don't know how to feel about it. But I mean, it's a nice gesture and all. But it's not like my dad was had a calendar inside of the jail cell and was Xing out the days until my graduation. I'm sure somebody like dropped him a line and went, by the way, and he went, oh, shit, what do I have lying around I could give him? Here you go. Here's something I made in metal shop class while I was doing time for violation of probation. So I got this ring and I had put it on a necklace. It was too big for my finger. So I just put it on a necklace and we graduate. And then that summer we're up at a buddy's place up on uh, side Lake. Everybody's out there, you know, doing the tubing and the, the wakeboarding and having a couple of drinks and, while we're out there, this chain that is around my neck breaks and I'm standing on one of the guy's docks and the chain goes to the bottom of the drink. And it's not like this is a sandy beach. This is all, I mean, it's loon shit and muck and you ain't, dude, there's no way you're going to find this thing. I search, I search and search and I'm down there like I'm, I'm wading in it with my toes, just seeing if I could find anything. And you, you can't like 
kick it up too much. Because if you kick it up too much, then you're going to take that ring and it's going to get caught in like a, a swell or it's going to get caught in some current. And then it's going to end up 50 feet away from where you are standing and you're never going to find it. So I'm, I'm down there for like two hours looking for this thing. And I can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. Hoopty shows up. Like I said, this guy's kamikaze. This guy's gangbusters. This guy's this guy is the Steve Irwin of Northern Minnesota. He's a goddamn, you know, spider monkey. He's like, hang on a second. Jumps in like head first, like dives in. You know, like knife in the mouth style, you know, Baywatch, we gotta go save the day. He jumps into the goddamn lake. And all you can see is bubbles coming up from where he's at. And he's down there. And I'm like, man, I, I shouldn't have sent him down. I felt really bad. Like, dude, it's not, your, it's not your deal to go down there and find my stuff. I should have been much more responsible with something that meant this much to me. Jesus. 30 seconds later, Hoopty comes flying up out of the water. You know that move when you see a guy jumps up out of the water and there's no like his head surfaces and then he takes two seconds and he... Puts his arms up on the dock and then pull. No, no, no. Hoopty jumped from the bottom of the lake all the way up and then plopped his ass onto the dock. It was like one of the slickest moves I think I've ever seen. Dude jumps up from the bottom of the lake, plops his ass onto the dock, sticks up his pinky finger, and on his pinky finger is my dad's ring. I'm like, you son of a bitch. I spent two hours down here. This is why you need friends like that. This is why. Go back every once. You got a friend like that? Drop a birthday card. You ain't got to do it every year. Like once every three years. Let them know. Hey, man. I got, uh, I, I, I have use for you. I hope you have use for me. We can find some common ground. But yeah, I'll never forget it. He jumped up and I was like, son of a bitch. I mean, that's the, that's the type of friend you got to have, man. So this dude, Brian Flea Engel, one of the trainers for... Now, of course, like like I said, I was 17. I couldn't afford a Big Mac, let alone a steak dinner for Oopty. But the next time we roll into town, I should probably, you know, I mean, I know it's 23 years late, 24 years late. But I could probably buy the guy a steak dinner now. Say thank you for risking limb and life to be able to pull a piece of formed aluminum off the bottom of a lake that we never thought that we would see again. <laughs> It is cool looking though. This necklace that that he has, that is uh, the testament if you were a good person or not. I've said this before. When you leave this earth, you will know if you were loved or how good of a life you led towards other people by the amount of by the amount of uh, you know people at the funeral, the amount of shit that people put out. Because eventually you will just be forgotten. But you got a good like you know. 30-year run of people remembering you. I mean, it's been 20, I don't know, 26 years, 25 years since my grandfather passed away. Eh, still got all of his shit hanging, you know. Uh, let's see, Lynn, that's an amazing friend. He absolutely is. Steve, Hoopty is the shit. Awesome friend. Hell yeah. Lori, do you still have the ring? I do still have the ring. Uh, I don't wear it on a chain anymore because, um, you know, I've kind of grown out of the jewelry phase. I mean, there was a time during that whole new metal you know, 1997 to 2004, where every hand on my finger had a dumbass ring on it that I bought at Pacific Sunwear. But uh, that ring sits in a box up on my dresser. It resides in a, uh, a little like keepsake box that the funeral home had given me after my grandfather passed away that had like his watch and stuff in there. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to wear this thing. And obviously it's not worth peanuts, but I might 
might as well keep it around. Be nice to have, give it to the kids one day and be like, this is when grandpa was doing hard time for a bunch of bullshit that he caused. Let this be a reminder that I never want to see you in a metal shop in a correctional facility ever again, especially when you're well into your 30s, all right? <laughs> uh, last night, so my daughter goes to a, uh, a is it a, I guess, would charter schools be private? That's a good question. Our char- I guess I don't know the answer to that. But this, I guess, would be a private charter school, even though it's government funded. The thing about charter schools that I love is you have to be able to prove that you are doing a service to your children to be able to get funding from the government. And obviously you can get like private donations and stuff. But for the most part, if you want your money, uh, let's see. Olina, charter schools are public. I, I, I mean, I figured as much. Um, but I know there are certain pr- private charter schools. I mean, maybe this just feels like, yeah. Uh, Lynn, have a great day, Rudy. I have to go draw blood on a patient. Lynn, you're the best doing the Lord's work. I mean, you're not finding, you know, $30,000 pieces of jewelry in the end zone. But hey, you're out there working. Add the service to this community. We love you for it. Have a good day. Um but no, my uh, we had a meeting last night, which I, I was told like, hey, this isn't like a thing that you have to be at. It's not like a mandatory meeting, but you know, if you get a chance show. And I just thought, hey, I know it's not mandatory, but there are so many times during the day where my daughter just sits and stares at me while I'm having to like work and get some shit done. I'm like, listen, if you want to be able to like do things, daddy's got to work to pay for it. That's how it works. Um when it's just us and we're taking trips and we're doing those things and we're at the cabin, I will obviously spend as much time and give you as much attention as I possibly can. But during the week, you got shit to do. And last night I was like just on the cusp, like walking into this meeting with like 30 seconds to spare. And meeting is they are taking these kids because my daughter's education is based in like, I don't know, classic Latin or something. Fuck, I have no idea. I mean, trust me. I aged out of being able to help her with schoolwork like around the eight, like around fourth grade. So the fact that she's like studying Latin and I'm like, dude, I'm so lost on any of this stuff, but I travel well. So when they were like, Hey, we're taking these kids on a trip. You want in? I'm like, I'm in, let's do it. That I can do. I certainly can keep an eye on like six, 13 year olds while we fucking peruse around the national mall that I can do. These kids are getting a trip to Washington, DC. And I thought my first thought was, holy shit, there's not a chance in hell. The adults that we were with when we were kids would ever do something like this, you know, and they do it every year. It's called their capstone. It's their big capstone trip. They take a trip out to Washington, DC and the list of the things that they are going to go see. It's like, all the stuff you want, man. It's the Lincoln Memorial. It's the Washington Monument. It's the Korean War Memorial. It's the Vietnam War Memorial. And they're taking all these kids out there, like 86 kids, three buses. You leave on a Saturday. You come back on a Friday. So essentially you get, was it 22 hours out there? You drive 11 hours one day, sleep in Ohio, get there that the next night, so Sunday night, then Monday, you start doing the walk around. Then by Thursday, you got to hit the road. But three days in Washington, D.C. is, it's right on that cusp of like, just enough. It's just enough. See, Vegas, Vegas is like, if you do two days, not enough. If you do four days, 
you're super tired of it. You can't do it. You can't. There's no way. Uh, let's read a couple of these comments here. Amanda, my son did a trip, a DC trip with the school, and he loved it. That's great. Great to hear. It. Love it. Uh, Char, both my kids love their trips to DC. De- Who are these kids taking? Tri- See, we're talking about this, about, uh, okay, hang on. But Dana, I went to DC in eighth grade. What the? F- Where did you go to school? Was it a gold palace? Well, I don't get it. Lori did it with both my kids. It's a great trip and experience. What the fuck? Sure, both my kids love their trips to DC. How? Like, I get that nowadays, like, kids get so much more, man. Like, they've upped the ante so much when it comes to school. But for anybody who's over 40, you guys really took a trip? You guys took a trip to Washington, D.C. with actual teachers and holy shit. Holy shit. Steve, you're going to need another week off in a case of beer after being with all those middle schoolers. Here's the thing that they told us last night. They're like, if you want to come, you have to apply to come. It's not a, uh, it's not a, Hey, I'm going to hop on this bus with these kids and we're going to DC. You gotta, you gotta apply. And it does cost you a few bucks, you know? Uh, let's see, Tara, I went to DC and New York with public school. What the fuck? What? Uh, Dana, not Minneapolis public school. I had to work and raise money. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Yep, yep. Amanda, we did Valley Fair. No, but yeah, that's yeah, that's there we go. That's the type of school I'm talking about. Hunter, uh, I went to Itasca Park in school, 20 miles from my house. That was it. Yeah, we never took big trips. We had to go to Duluth. I remember taking one school trip to Duluth for like a health day, and it was like a health seminar for young kids. And I went, and like basically, they were like, so. Do you smoke? And you're like, well, only when I drink. And they're like, well, that's weird for a 14-year-old. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then that was it. That was, that's the only trip I ever remember taking. I remember going to a lot of keg parties. Not a lot of teachers there. I mean, there were a few, obviously, because it's hibbing. But uh, Scooter, furthest I went was Virginia, Minnesota, the Laurentian Environmental Center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was in sixth grade, I think we went to Wolf Ridge, which is up in northern Minnesota. I think it's called Finley, Minnesota, if I'm... Is it fin- Finland? Finland, Minnesota? Finland, Minnesota. I think that's what it is. But that was about it. The fact that they are like taking these kids and bringing them in to go do, goddamn six days? Six days all the way out to Washington, D.C. and back. So we go to this meeting and the teachers are like, and these teachers are like, there's, I'm so floored. I just don't get it. When, like, when we were a kid, we had uh, this old Italian principal. Her name was Mrs. Perry, and she was a ball buster. And now we go to this school, and they're like, hey, how's it going? My name's Mr. Cochran, but you can go ahead and just call me Steve. It's not a big deal. I go by Steve. The kids call me Steve. That's what I expect to call. I'm like, what the fuck reality are we living in? We're calling teachers first names. You're taking them on. on and they have, like, food vouchers for the day. Dude, you, they can get whatever they want. And as a parent, if you go, they basically said like, hey, listen, uh, we need you during the day, but we get back to the hotel. It's like seven, eight o'clock. You guys are off the clock. Go do what you want. Take an Uber, go to a bar. You guys can go eat, do whatever. If your kid gets emergency medically hurt, it is not your responsibility. We as teachers are out there to take care of it. And I'm like, this is the trip for me. They said you could share a room with another parent. Uh, it'll cost extra if you want your own. I'm like, I'll take my own. This is, you know, that eight hours in a hotel room in Washington, D.C. that you'd get by yourself, that would be worth the 300 bucks. So I'd be in, man. Uh, Dana, my kids went to work on a farm in a school in fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, I remember those trips. I remember having to go 
I mean, we weren't lucky enough to have like a Billy Madison with us. Hey, you ain't cool unless you pee your pants. We didn't have that guy, but we definitely had to go like, you know, fucking feed goats and bale hay and shit. It was like, did you guys just send us out here to make a few dollars for the school? Or are we out here to learn? Because so far I've just learned how to spread corn for barnyard animals. This is not as educational as you guys think it is. So we, um, so we, we had this thing about the trip last night and I'm kind of looking around and you have to take an application with you. And I'm kind of looking around like, all right, who's taking this application? Who's planning on filling this thing out? Cause I don't want to get stuck with like a bunch of parents that I got nothing in common with. There is one parent, my daughter's friend's dad, who I love this dude named John. John's the best man. He's the best. I love him. So I'm kind of hoping like, all right, John, maybe we both put in an application. It might be one of these things where it's like, hey, uh, maybe if John gets in, I'll go. But I, I don't know. I'd like to see the list of the other parents. Because as I've said many times, man, you're never going to hang out with more boring people than your daughter's friend's parents. I know that those kids are friends because they don't know any better. They're just like, all right, this is a warm body to play with. But eventually they do find people that they do have more in common with. And man. God, we, she had one friend in in elementary school that I dropped her off for a birthday party. And when I walked in, I was like, well, this is an episode of Hoarders Waiting. Man. Kimley kind of looked at me like, do I have to stay here? There's no way, Dad. Could I have to leave. I have to leave. Uh, Sean, my son also went to France and Spain his junior year. What planet are we living on? My goodness. Ah, Costa Rica for 10 days? What the fuck, you guys? How? I'm so floored by it. I don't understand it. So I was kind of, and I did Washington, D.C. I've already done it before. I had a blast out there. Me, my buddy Dave, my buddy Tim, when Jon Stewart was having his rally for sanity eight years ago, which obviously worked because we're a very sane society now. We we went out there for it and we didn't get enough time. I mean, we basically like, I think the rally was on a Saturday. We got there late Friday night, basically threw all of our shit into a, uh, in our hotel rooms, went down to a bar, met my buddy, this dude named Oki that I used to go to high school with. We then bopped over to Georgetown, had a couple of drinks with him, went to his place, got my buddy Dave high. And then we went back to the hotel, slept, hit the national mall the next day, ran around as much as we could. Like, I think we hit, um... We did all the big stuff, Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument, Vietnam Memorial, uh, Air and Space. But it's like, you're just like, uh, you walk into the room where the flag, the first American flag, the one that's all tattered and torn, they, they have it in a dark room. They can't put any like natural light on it because the goddamn thing will deteriorate. So you walk into a room and it's like, you turn, you look, you take a quick picture, you get the fuck out of there. Which I was like, I really want to just like soak this in, man, you know? There's so much great history here. Right when we were there, they were they were just unveiling the Martin Luther King statue, which was um, just, a, I think that was right when the Black History Museum was about to open. Mm, I'd have to look. But anyways, all the stops that we wanted to hit are on my daughter's list. So I'm looking at it. And of course, like in my head, I'm like, man, you know, so you figure food, shelter, a week, gas. Bus drivers, all this. I'm like, dude, this this trip's gonna be like two grand. It's gonna be, it's easily gonna be like two grand. Easily, I know it's gonna be two grand. I know it. Fuck, it's gonna be so much money. They dropped the dime on us. 
about how much this thing cost. They're like, it's 900 bucks. I was like, oh, what? 900 bucks? Jesus Christ. I'm going to take the whole family out to Washington, D.C. for 900 bucks. And then they say, here's the part I don't get. This is, I was like, listen, I'm going to take you up on the offer, but I don't get it. So they have this thing because my daughter's school has uniforms. They have this thing where every year, once a quarter, I guess, for $5, your kid can come to school sans the uniform. They can wear whatever they want to school that day, no questions asked. And it's kind of a fundraiser. Well, it only used to be once every quarter, right? Well, now they bumped it up to eight times a year. So they told us last night, hey, listen, uh, if you guys want, you guys can go ahead and uh, pay us $40 now because the $40 will take care of all eight times that you don't have to send your kid to school in a uniform and we'll knock 400 bucks off the trip. I'm like, what the fuck? What? What? First off, you guys are here supposed to be teaching our kids math. That is awful math. That is terrible economics. Hey, I'm going to give you a $100 bill if you give me a $10 bill in return. What the fuck? I was like, uh, yeah. I was like, honey, grab the checkbook. Seriously? If you have to go outside and rob somebody in broad daylight to grab $40 cash, you better goddamn do it because there's not a chance that I am getting Give it now. Just give it now. And they were like, yeah, so that'll knock down 400 bucks. You owe 500 Plus, they have like special fundraisers. I was like, this is the part that drives me nuts is why the fuck did our idiot teachers and parents think of this shit when we were kids? You guys couldn't have come up with non-uniform day. You guys couldn't have figured out. a. And that's where all this money comes from. Each kid, like eight times a year, pays five bucks. They get eight days where they don't have to wear uniforms. You pull all that money together. Now you're sending your kids on a kick-ass trip. Fuck, it took you guys 40 years to figure this shit out? I was so floored by it. Uh, what's up, Grant? Good to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Kim, I went to France my junior year, but fundraised for it for two years. Yeah, they did talk about that, how like there were some kids that wanted to do more and they wanted to bring more cash with them. You can basically send your kids out there with no money or you can give them a preloaded credit card with $2,000. It's completely up to us. And I'm like, you will get a $100 bill and you will do with it what you want. If you want to spend it on the ride down there, you go for it. But I ain't, there's no way I'm paying more. Uh, Amanda, agree. My son talked a lot about that when he came back. Uh, Lori, what am I, did I miss something here, Lori? I, gotta, I think I got to go back into, maybe go back up. Anyway, we'll move on. Oh, the Holocaust Museum. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see the Holocaust Museum. Like I said, we basically did like three of the stops in on the National Mall. And then, oh, then by that time, I'm like, well, I'm hungry. We're in D.C. It's filled with senators. Senators, right-hand men. They hang out at strip clubs. I hear they got great ones. Let's go. So we, uh, we did hit a titty bar while we were out there. Went to the Boom Boom Room. And then on the way back, my buddy Tim, who's a history buff, said, hey, I want to go see Ford's Theater where Lincoln was shot. All right. So we start walking down the street. We get to what we thought on the map said Ford's Theater. And I'm looking around. I'm like, this kind of a shit old dude. Like, I don't know if, are we sure? This is the place where one of the greatest presidents of our lifetime was shot and killed. And he's like, it says it's Ford Theater right here. No, no, Ford's Theater is like this little tiny hole in the wall. And it's a national landmark, so they can't actually tear it down. So it sits there. But right across the street is just a subway. If you want to get a foot-long meatball sub and go check out where Lincoln was shot, you can't go in. It's just the outside of the building. I'm like, what a fucking waste of space. What? 
Lincoln was pretty, you know, pragmatic. I bet he would be like, tear this fucking thing down. And why don't you guys like put up some commerce? Jesus Christ, clean up your city a little bit. So, uh, yeah, so we went, it was, I mean, it was a beautiful city. I had a great time. It is kind of hard to watch the state capitol and then stay two blocks away from it and it just be littered with homeless people. And it's like, don't you fuckers look around? You guys are the people that are supposed to be making changes. It's your job to help. And yet you just step over these people on your way to the place where you can actually make some changes, but don't. That was the toughest part about it, man. That really was. That was the hardest part about D.C. But uh, it was great, though. It was great. In fact, uh, we, when we got in the Uber on the way to the airport, we had to share an Uber with a guy. And uh, I started bullshit with this dude. And uh, I'm like, so what do you do for a living, man? And he's like, I'm an actor. And I'm like, oh, no shit. I was like, anything we would have seen you in? And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah. He goes, coming up uh, Thursday, I got, a, uh, I got a guest spot on uh, Parks and Rec on NBC. I was like, I'll be goddamned. Uh, a guy by the name of um, uh, Ben Marshall, I believe is his last name. Pretty close, something like that. But yeah, man, uh, we turned on Parks and Rec Thursday night. And sure as shit, there's our guy we were in the Uber with. That dude is cranking it out with Nick Offerman on Parks and Rec. I was like, what a fucking way to end this this amazing trip. So the fact that all like in one year, man, goddamn, you know, not to sound like old man yelling at the cloud, but... Fucking these kids are just going everywhere these days and getting by on the cheap, you know, Jesus. It's all, the only thing it's going to cost parents is like less than 500 bucks to be able to send your kids for a week. Oh my God. I'd pay two grand to just to have them shut the fuck up and stay up in their, their bedroom. But the fact that they go away for a two week for a whole week gone. Oh, and it's in the spring, like Memorial week. Oh dude, sign me up. Can't wait. <laughs> October 22nd, going to be over the Hog's Breath with uh, Tommy Thompson, a few other comedians. I'll get you some more information on that. Merchandise for a long walk to Cleveland. You can find it now, rudypovich.com. Every day, 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and on Stitcher. I'm Rudy Povich. Thank you guys once again for taking a long walk to Cleveland. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.